What's up, guys? So my OBS has completely gone mad. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry you had to wait for a minute there for me to actually get this working correctly. Um, how are you guys doing? How is everybody tonight? I hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm sorry that we had to cancel the last live. I hope there isn't any any lag on this live. Let me know, as always, how the audio sounds. And if you guys are listening to the podcast, uh, welcome as well. So it's been a struggle this week, as you can tell, between the jumping in and out from the uh, intro there. I'm not sure how many times the intro went on, but I'm here. We're all here tonight. And I'm happy to be here. Angel says, uh, you got a haircut. Yes, I did get a haircut. <laughs> you guys let me know. How many times did you guys see the intro just now? And me just sitting there. A lot of these people that have lives and do lives literally um, have somebody with them, working with them. And I am alone on this as always. And there's going to be these errors, guys. Until I'm 100% pro at this, it's going to happen. So, how are you guys? First thing I want to know, how was everyone's week? Um, I jumped into this topic that we're going to talk about tonight earlier this week. But I think the first thing we need to acknowledge is Lou Elizondo being on so many different platforms in the past two weeks. And how awesome that actually was. Now, if you guys haven't seen, uh, you know, Ryan Sprague had him and Minty Hyperspace on, I think like two weeks ago, on his channel. If you guys aren't uh, listening to the Somewhere in the Skies podcast, make sure to check that out. Then the boys at the UFO podcast, or sorry, at that UFO podcast, uh, Andy would kill me if I said that wrong. <laughs> um, they had him on as well, and the questions were great. I felt like the conversation they had with Lou was real fluid. And it was all stuff that I wanted to hear, and I felt like amazing job from the guys at that UFO podcast. And then yesterday, or the day before, uh, Project Unity actually had Lou on as well. And again, Project Unity came with a whole handful of questions that I felt were uh, creative. Some, he even shared his personal experience with Lou, and I thought it was amazing. So if you guys haven't checked out that uh, make sure to go over to Project Unity's channel on YouTube and listen to that. Um, did you guys also see the Unidentified Celebrity Review? I think uh, the host's name or the the content creator, his name is Lou as well. So it was Lou and Lou talking. And I thought it was interesting because he actually showed us more of a human side of Lou Elizondo. Like I had no idea really anything about Lou's background and we got to hear a bit about that and just come back down to earth and realize that Lou Elizondo he is awesome he has done a bunch for this topic so much actually changed the game with TTSA and what he did um and he's taking it into second gear and trying to take this topic to a global platform and let's see what's gonna come next from Lou you know I have faith that he's gonna keep kicking butt and taking names and we're going to see some some cool stuff in the future um but there is one thing that he has been sort of repeating on these different shows or on these different platforms that i think is awesome he's basically shouting out ufo twitter 
and all the content creators like myself and you know the people that the people that he's currently talking to on their platform he shows them respect because to most of us Lou Elizondo is a hero right he's like a he's one of those guys that just came out of the shadows and changed up the game completely flipped it on its head um he's one of those people so to hear him actually acknowledge us because it's often that you see people that are not small fish like myself not acknowledge the community and i've seen it happen where people or members of the community feel like we don't make a difference that all this work all this research we do everything we we try to push out the conversations we have don't matter but i said it to you guys before and i'll say it again the conversations we have here the conversations we have online the conversations we have with people just pushing this concept out there and talking about the topic is very, very important, right? So it's really nice to hear him like shouting out the UFO Twitter community and just giving props to the people because what people often forget, even in the community, is that this topic would be nothing without the experiencers. This topic would be nothing without the abductees, without the witnesses. I mean, at this point, most of our data, most of what we have to work with are experiencers, right? Telling us what they saw, what happened, abductees sharing what their experience was like, um, what their close encounter was like. If we didn't have those things like Betty and Barney Hill, like Travis Walton, like um, so many, every case right every case out there Randlesham everything we wouldn't have anything to to go off of we wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for the everyday average person I mean they were the fuel to the fire now what Elizondo and TTSA did was just light the short the torch light the torch and pick it up and shine a little light into the rabbit hole but we can't forget about the people you know, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot. And every time I try to interact with you guys and talk to you guys, it's constantly on my mind and I'm thinking about the community and how I can try to help and what I can do to actually make a difference other than create content and, you know, really try to work on something, some kind of project that will give us strength and a voice and power because it's often that we wait, right? It's often that we sit back because we get to, you know, you can only go so far. You can only dig so much. And there comes a point in time where we're just waiting for confirmation. I mean, at this point, I think a lot of the community is waiting for confirmation from the U.S. government, right? Or from any sort, any type of government on this planet <laughs> to say, hey, uh, UFOs are real. And this is all the information we have. Here you go. You know, we've been waiting for the scientific community to catch up, for the governments to catch up, for everyone to catch up. Us here in this community, the people that look into this topic, the people that have dedicated their lives to this topic, some not here anymore. You know, it's it kind of sucks when you realize that so many people are waiting for somebody to tell them what we've worked so hard to look into. Now, I understand 
that at this point, we are still scratching at the surface and the big players are trying to get hard evidence. And that's great. That's perfect. That's exactly what they should be doing. But me and you, us here, we need to continue to have this human aspect when looking at this phenomenon. Because without that human aspect, this would be nothing. You know, if it weren't for the stories and the experiences that we've heard and the th all the things we've read about, there would be nothing to look into. <laughs> if it was only credible, you know, high-ranking uh, witnesses sharing their stories, imagine how thin the casebook would be. There would still be a lot of pages, trust me, but I'm saying I feel contradicted with this idea that the normal everyday average person's encounter doesn't matter, right? I've always been contradicted with that. And I also feel contradicted that if you don't have proof about your experience, then there's no point in you sharing it. I don't think that's true. You know, I think there is something healthy about sharing your experience. Looking into this phenomenon teaches you about yourself, teaches you about the planet, teaches you about our species. Believe it or not, I'm sure when you first started, you never thought that would happen. But when you reflect back and you look at yourself in the mirror and you think, you know, how far your mind has expanded, you know, forward thinking, unconventional thinkers. I hope you guys saw my last video, but, you know, we shouldn't be afraid to be rebels, at least with our thoughts and our thought experiments. Obviously, we cannot fall to delusion or fantasy. We need to stay grounded. But we also need to remember that this is an alien phenomenon. This is something that is unexplained. And a lot of reality is unexplained. We could get quantum, but I don't think I'm smart enough to have that discussion with you guys. All right, guys. Before I get too deep, I'm going to check out the live chat. Because I want to see how you guys are doing. And I wanted to hear your origin stories. I wanted to hear how this all started for you. What sparked this interest? Have you always been into this topic? Because when I look back at myself, and I think about the young gaucho, little gaucho, <laughs> I, uh, I don't see a point where the UFO topic became like an interest. It was like I've always been someone that looks at the stars. As a kid, I was a quiet kid in my head all the time. And I always felt like there was something more. There was a bigger picture that they weren't, uh, that nobody was telling me, right? As I grew older, I realized that bigger picture was there. It's just behind uh, the, I guess you could call it the veil of society. The veil that is laid in front of our eyes. You know, because... The other day, I, um, I went on UFOs on the Level, uh, the YouTube channel, and I was on there with Project Unity and uh, John Luke and John, the, the host of the channel, and we had a great discussion about the occult and the UFO phenomenon, and I brought up this idea that something that has really driven me to look into this topic is the hope that... If this topic can be proven and this topic can be accepted by our species as a reality, it will open our minds 
to understanding that the universe is not so simple, that our petty uh, wars and our petty turmoil and the society, the societal constructs that we live under may be primitive and may be something that we need to move away from. As we begin to take steps to go into space, I mean, we've been to space, obviously, but what I'm trying to say is we begin to take steps to colonize in space, which, boys and girls, is the future. I would hope that we learn lessons from this planet and from our past, and we don't take the same junk and the same garbage and the same turmoil from here off of this planet. And that is such a powerful thing to, for me to think about when I'm looking into this, right? Maybe if people understood that we were being visited, that maybe these beings have influenced us since the beginning of time, or there are multiple kinds of beings interacting with us, maybe that would open their minds up. Maybe it would stop racism, you know, or at least slow it down. Maybe human rights would be something a little bit more respected because now we're all humans. And now we're all fighting for our rights. And not to mention the technology, right? The technology that we talk about, these craft that can do these amazing things. If we could apply that to get free energy, right? To somehow change the way we feed the world. We need to evolve as a species. And it's not the UFOs and the aliens that are the saviors, it's that if there is a way, we need to find it. We can look into ourselves, but I'm worried that on the path that we're headed, the next big war might be devastating for our species. And I got to say, I've only been here for 30 years, 30 some years. I never thought I'd see so much, and I can't imagine people that have been here longer than me, what you guys have experienced on this planet, what you've seen. The cycles, you know, the loops, the roundabouts, right? The same mistakes being repeated. It's concerning, but it's something that I've always, I feel like we've always had to deal with, but I just, you know, I worry about it. I worry about it, guys. I really do. I don't want us to be stuck in this cycle. I think that if we understood the reality of this phenomenon, it would set us free a bit from some of the monotony, some of the madness. So that's kind of my driving force to this. You know, I think the technology could save lives just as well become a weapon, but it could save lives. It could really do a service for our species. So yeah, not enough about me and my ideas. Tonight is about you guys. It's about the community. I want to hear your origin stories. I see uh, the Zignal's here, and the Zignal's awesome. We and him have conversations all the time, really open, cool talks. Uh, he says, never felt comfortable unless I was embracing or exploring the weirdness. And yeah, man, I mean, that's literally been my life. And the weirdest part is, is that I kept it to myself for so long, right? I think before I got married, my wife probably didn't even know that I was into exploring, you know, high strangeness and the weirdness. I remember one time I tried to start a WordPress 
and we had already went to live together. So she started seeing like what I did on my free time. Um, like for real, <laughs> apart from skateboarding and watching movies and listening to music and drawing, she saw this whole other side of me. So I think that helped her understand what I'm doing today and respect it. But at the same time, I remember writing the WordPress, you know, our, I was, I think I was writing about skinwalkers and, and different, you know, different paranormal stuff. I was just messing around. I was just thinking, how do I get out there and talk to people? I had to quit that because I'm horrible. My grammar's horrible. <laughs> but um, it was weird, right? Because it felt like she finally saw this other side of me that she hadn't seen before. And I realized that I kept that from a lot of people. You know, I'm sure I have friends that when they found out I had this channel, they were probably surprised. And I'm sure I have friends that when they found out I had this channel, they thought, oh, something happened to the gaucho, right? But yeah. So, guys origin stories. I want to hear your origin story. So tonight, share them in the live chat. Let's kick it off. T Hawks says, Undead Gaucho, I've never seen a UFO, but am really religious and have a vibrant spiritual life. I think a lot of relig I think a lot of religion is about getting us to a place where morally we can be trusted with more power. That makes sense, man. And you know, if you think about you know, we talk about the ancient astronaut hypothesis on this channel a lot. I don't like make videos about it or anything. Really, really, I always kind of pepper it in there. But it would make sense that a higher, uh, higher being or a higher entity would try to educate us to understand how to use power. Think of the Ten Commandments. Think of any religious outline for how a person should live their life. It seems basic, but it's all things that were taught. So, uh, Thomas is here. Thomas, man, thank you for helping me with OBS. I hope you saw when I started the live tonight. I think I shared my <laughs> intro like twice. For those of you that were here at the very first minute, let me know. I'm rusty, guys. I'm rusty. I'm learning. When I'm pro, this will look great. I was thinking the other day, like, what if I had a studio, right? Like, for those of you listening on the podcast... I do this from my my living room, basically. I try to set it up as like my in-home studio. I consider this space my in-home studio. I try to set it up as best as I can. But what if I had like a studio like Joe Rogan? <laughs> that would be awesome. I think about that all the time. Like if I had a space that I could just do anything I wanted to uh, in it or with it, better said, I would just create like sort of a molder office. And I would be doing the lives from there. But uh, let me check out the live chat. Let's see what's going on. For those of you listening that have never heard this podcast before or don't know who I am, I have a weekly live on my YouTube channel, The Undead Gaucho. And I talk to the community and we discuss high strangeness in the UFO phenomenon. So join us next Wednesday. It's normally on Wednesday. This time it is on Friday because we had some technical difficulties. But yeah. Hey, Shadows of Your Mind is here. What's up, man? I'm glad to see you, Alien Girl, Boromir, Darkstar. Darkstar, again, thank you for the heads up on Twitter. He told me this video was actually private. And I had reused the settings from the last failed video that I made private because it was just like a glitch after another glitch, a freeze and a freeze. <laughs> it wasn't worth sharing. 
other than the conversations you guys were having in the live chat, that was great. But uh, I'm glad to see you guys here again, man. It's awesome. Uh, the love I get from the community is really been motivating me and pushing me to try new things. You know, the first time I went on to speak or to talk to anybody, uh, like when I went on that UFO podcast, I was kind of nervous uh, because my videos, I work on my videos, right? I write them out. I try to have some kind of linear point that I'm trying to get across when I film a video. I used to not do that, but I found it easier to write them out, sort of sketch out an idea of visually what I want to see, maybe an intro or something. So going live and talking to somebody for me has always been like, are you sure you should do that? Hablo español todo el día, muchas veces. And my, I basically just said that I speak Spanish all day, a lot. And my English lately, in like the last year, there's like little words and little phrases that I haven't used in so long that I'll just sit there and be like, what, what was the phrase again? How do you say that again? But yeah. UFO man, what's up? He says, smash those thumbs. <laughs> smash those thumbs up guys also if you're not subscribed guys you see that little i think it wait it would be on this side i think like right i'm looking at, right there you see that little yellow undead gaucho if you click that you should get some it should subscribe you i think <laughs> to the channel rodrigo what's up man thomas says we need the undead gaucho for an interview on the ufo man show anytime guys reach out to me I'm super cool. I'm super open to talk to any of you guys. I mean, like, you're not going to get any negative vibes from me. Trust me. Try my best to keep it cool at all times. And I try to respect everybody. So anytime, guys, reach out to me and I'd be more than happy to do that. Let me see what the live chat is saying here. Because Shadows of Your Mind says, an on-off for years. Oh, this is his origin story. Then six or so years ago, head first dive down the rabbit hole. There was definitely a catalyst, almost told the Undead Gaucho when we spoke last time. Maybe I will next time. You owe me that story, man. You owe me that story. You need to tell me the story. Trust me, if you, if you guys ever share a story with me, I think I, I, don't, I never share people's personal stories. Unless you guys are sharing it here in the live chat, if you reach out to me and share your story with me, it stays with me. Right? Like I have no reason to talk about it to anyone else. If you feel comfortable sharing your story with other people, cool. If you want to come on the live and share your story on the live, you know, split screen talking about it, cool. But yeah, let me see if I can find any more of these origins because I just got what they were doing with that. Like the signal says origin, a lifetime of weirdness. As long as I can remember mad Tom DeLonge fan. So my other interest, music slash guitar, crashed into the UFO subject too. And suddenly, I found most of my time taken up with it. Well, see, that's where I have to disagree with people that just want us to stick to, you know, sharing cases and just the basic stuff we see in the UFO community. Like, we need creative projects in this community. We need to get creative, guys. We need people that would have never looked into this topic to look into this topic. Now I'm working on a way to do that, but it's hard. You know, it's always hard. All right, guys. So more origin stories. I'm loving these origin stories, man. 
Darkstar IE says the only weird stuff that happened that keeps happening to me is that I wake up at 3:33. Happened last two nights. I take photos if it happens for odd nights for about two weeks, then a break for like four months. That is pretty weird, man. And that number, I've looked up the the meaning of that number, but I don't have it off the top of my head. Search it up. There's a meaning to 333. Here's something interesting. Now, I'm not one, you know, I know that sometimes we see these repeating things and we like, it like sticks out to us because we've already made, you know, we've already associated that in our mind that it's happening. Um, but a while ago, it was funny because I didn't want to tell anybody and I told my brother that I kept seeing 666 and I'm not religious in any way. So for me, it was just like, why, why am I seeing 666, right? Uh, but I saw it all over the place. It, to even, I told my brother and we talked about it and we were kind of laughing about it. So where even he saw it because I was there with him, right? And he, he was like, I was like, look, 666. And he was like, oh, 666. And there was just 666 popping up all over the place. And it happened for some time. It happened for some time until maybe I just kind of forgot about it. All right, Thomas is sharing his origin story. He says, well, it started when I was four years old and I was taken up into a huge saucer over my front yard in the middle of the night, about 30 miles west of Chicago. Thomas, now that just gave me goosebumps. Literally, I imagined it. I It just visually popped into my head. Um, wow, it did give me... I didn't think that would happen, but it did give me goosebumps. That's fascinating, man. Now, if you're comfortable sharing what the experience was like, I mean, you don't have to, but... Uh, I'd love to hear it. You can shoot me a DM too. We could talk about it in the DMs. I'd love to hear it. Thomas says, I have been aware of their presence under the oceans most of my life. Perhaps the advanced meditation, psychic skills I have, as well as an out-of-whack immune system, also has something to do with it. That's interesting, man. Um, I've been trying to meditate recently. I know I told you guys I was going to do the C5 video twice already, but right after I said I was going to do it, it rained again. So it rained twice now. Both the times I said I was going to do it, it rained the whole weekend. But I decided to take a, get a head start and start meditating. And I've been listening to, uh, I forget the name of the tapes. You guys know it. You guys sent it to me. Um, it has to do with you know the gateway process and all that. I forget the name of the tapes. Well, you guys know what I'm talking about, but I really just want to practice meditating because I hear all these stories and they sound fascinating to me. And I've had some out of body experiences. We've talked about it on the podcast. I've experimented with certain substances throughout my life that have taken me out of my, out of this realm, I'd say, um, and made me see that there's more out there that the brain can actually go somewhere that your consciousness can go somewhere, it seems. And I want to see if I could do that without anything, right? Just myself in peace, meditating, see where I can go with that. If I can grow it, if I can harness it. And I wanted to start practicing before I tried the CE5 video because this time I want to take this more like a scientific experiment 
and just see what happens, right? But I want to get I want to get it right. I don't want to spend the whole weekend trying to do it and then nothing happens and then upload that. And if that's what happens, I mean, I guess I'll just upload it, but it's going to be like an experiment. The gateway experience. There you go, Thomas. The gateway experience. Those are the tapes that I'm using to try to practice. Um, it's been pretty good. I mean, I found it really soothing and peaceful. And actually, the first time I did it, uh, it was like the induction video or something, you know, like the first step. And it was weird because like I felt like I might have already started to see things when I had my eyes closed and I was meditating. It's like I got to this level of just peace and I was like centered and it was almost like I started dreaming, but I wasn't asleep. Right. It And I wasn't like falling asleep. It was weird. It was like I was having glimpses of something when I wouldn't concentrate. When I would think like I want to see something or I'd concentrate on the darkness or whatever, I wouldn't see anything. But the moment my brain would like uh, get distracted and just shut off for a second, I would see something pretty crazy. You know what I mean? It was kind of weird. Thomas says the lights are turning on. <laughs> Andrew Hall, what's up, Gaucho? Just got here. What's up, Andrew? Thanks for being here, man. The signal says Monroe Institute. That's the Monroe Institute tapes. The Monroe Institute, there's like a channel, and I'm using the YouTube channel. But I think it has to do with the gateway experience. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's been pretty cool. And I would suggest everyone try it at least once. And I'm gonna, I've been doing it like every other day. Right. Just trying to chill out and do that. So more origin stories, guys, please send me more origin stories. I want to hear that. The signal says. Uh, the undead gaucho, please find a flotation tank. You get a similar effect. You'll dig it. OK, I will do that. When I was a kid, I remember I used to go into my uh, bathtub and I would take baths and I used to do this thing all the time where I would like um I would get just under the water enough to where my nose would stick out so I could still breathe. And I would just sit under the water for as long as I wanted, just staring like up at the ceiling or closing my eyes. And I feel like I was meditating and I had no idea. And I used to do it all the time. I used to like taking baths because I would do that so much. Like I've, I've always been really connected with water and... Anytime I go underwater, I just feel like I'm in a, another world. But I clearly remember as a kid doing that all the time and just floating right in the tub, trying to like let myself feel weightless. Uh, so, yeah. UFO man says, origin. I saw six rectangular on fire objects in a horizontal line, evenly spaced with 12 other people. Approximately 500 feet in the air, 50 feet away. Wow, man. That's crazy. That's interesting. Now, when you say they were on fire, did it look like they had flames coming off of them? Or was it like the propulsion system of what you were seeing? It's interesting. Also, it's often that when people see these things in a group, well, what I've noticed when I read different cases is that those groups kind of fall apart over time. Or... No one ever talks about it again. 
it's like everyone kind of forgets it except for one person always that one person is the one sharing the experience but yeah mike thank you for being here he says i'm out have a good weekend everybody you too mike thank you for always being here buddy UFO man says off of them. So the flames were coming off of them. That's interesting. Do you remember uh, the size of the rectangular objects? Like estimated size. Oh, you made the news. Okay, cool. Do you have a, a link to like the news broadcast? I'd love to see that. Don John Bon Jovi. <laughs> I like that username, man. Um, he says, I've seen a UFO once, and they've seen me too. That's interesting. How do you know they saw you? I'd like to hear more about that. So, guys, I'm loving these origin stories. And, you know, these stories are important because it's fascinating how the phenomenon has a relationship with each of us and it has its own special relationship with everyone, right? So the human aspect of this and the relationship aspect of this, I feel like is what is, has extended this search for so long, right? And it's also maybe what's blinding us from finding the truth. You know, I've made a video about, you know, why do we matter to them? And we've talked about, us being a possible resource, right? Uh, people often refer to us as ants, as something like cattle, right? But I think it's a bit deeper than that. Just think about how long they've been here, how long they've been interacting with us. Also, I would say the negative encounters, there are a few, um, and the positive encounters, this yin and yang aspect, this dark and light aspect shows that there is some sort of different approach they have with us at times. There seems to be encounters where they value the experiencer and then there's encounters where they treat them like an object. Um, but lately I have been really thinking what this relationship could mean about them right? And how I think that we are much more important to them than we think. We aren't understanding that we aren't like, a, how do I say this? It seems like because we consider these beings so advanced technologically, we value ourselves less important than them at times, right? Now, of course, I am one to uh, I hate hearing people with human ego complexes calling us the most important thing in the universe. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that my co-host Nala is snoring. I don't know if you guys can hear that. <laughs> she is snoring. She is snoring. She snores like me. But uh, yeah, back to what I was saying. I am saying that there is something there that we're missing. There is a, we are of value to them some way or another. We are of value. We are not just a, an ant, right? If we are a resource, we're a very valuable resource 
Um, because if they have ships that can take them to other planets or to other galaxies, I would imagine that if we were an unvaluable resource, they would have already gone somewhere else to find what they needed. They would have gone to study a more fascinating creature in the cosmos or in the dimensions or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so we have to sit back and think for a second. We have to sit back and think what it all means. You know, what does the abduction phenomenon mean? It has been really bugging me lately that everyone's talking about craft and, you know, the capabilities of the craft. But the abductees, nobody's talking about the abductees. And it's strange to hear people that believe in the UFO phenomenon that then don't believe in the abduction phenomenon. The whole UFO phenomenon, a big chunk of it, is based on experiencers and abductees. So if you believe in UFOs, you very well, I was about to say something kind of mean, but you need to look at the abductee phenomenon or the abductee aspect seriously. You know, don't get blinded by conventional thinking. I hope you guys saw my last video. I was a little worried about it, but yeah. So let's get back to the to the live chat. I want to see more more origin stories, guys. Come on. Everyone throw your origin stories at me. Any uh personal experiences. I want to hear your personal experiences. Dark Star IE says read John Mack abduction. That will will really make you think. Uh I I should definitely. And I really appreciate John Mack's work. I think uh, he's a brilliant man that was an unconventional thinker. And we need to do that. We need to approach this phenomenon unconventionally. We can't be afraid of looking at topics because of what certain parts of the community would think, right? Or talking about certain things. You know, sometimes you're going to make the wrong evaluation. Sometimes you're going to make the wrong conclusion. Your hypothesis might be off. But in order to get to the correct theory, we need to dig through all those those ideas. Uh, it's almost like we need to sometimes sit back and philosophize. <laughs> philosophize. We need to be like philosophers when approaching this phenomenon, right? You see guys, Spanish sometimes gets my tongue twisted. The signal says we may or may not have had a few questions left over after our interview with Lou. And one of them may or may not have been about abductions. I mean, here's the thing. Lou's approach is a good one, right? And he needs credible, credible, credible cases. That's what he's looking for. That's why when Project Unity shared his experience, Lou was very kind and he appreciated uh, Project Unity sharing his experience, which is fascinating if you guys don't know about it. I'll go to his channel. You can find it his experience there. He'll tell it to you straight from the experiencer's mouth, right? But uh it was it was kind of like I understood his take on it because he was saying like if I can't prove it then I can't hold it. You know, I can't take it. It's like <laughs> here we go. I'm getting tongue twisted. If I can't prove it he needs to be able to take it to a court of law basically. Right? He needs evidence. He needs credible evidence. And that's hard to come across with this subject, especially when 
I think we don't even grasp, we don't even have a grasp of our own reality, right? Like we're dealing with a subject that seems like it can bend and shape the reality that we live in. It can control certain aspects of this realm that we cannot. So will there always be credible evidence? I don't think so. Does that not mean that there are credible witnesses out there, people with important stories that need to be shared? Yes, there are people with important stories that need to be shared. Not everyone's going to have a piece of a crashed UFO. Not everyone's going to have a video or a, or a photo. And at this point, I've looked at so many videos, so many photos, so many documents, so many things. I'm tired of waiting for the government to tell me if UFOs are real or not. I know, in my gut, I feel that this phenomenon is very real. At this point, no one can really tell me any different. Now, are there aspects of this phenomenon that may be different from what I'm understanding or what I believe? Yes, always. That's always a possibility. But I am tired. I'm very tired of sitting back and waiting for somebody to tell me what I've been looking into for so long is a reality. That's for all the normal average people that have no idea. That's for all the people out there that haven't looked at cases after cases after cases, you know, spent hours and hours and hours looking into this topic. Look, you guys probably know. What's the saying? How many hours do you have to look into something or practice something before you're a professional? I'm pretty sure. I am pretty sure that I have surpassed those hours and most of you as well, right? Most of you have surpassed the hours that it would take for you to make you a professional on a, on a topic or on a, you know, on a different subject, but we're still sitting here bunching ourselves up at times, at times we're bunching ourselves up with the everyday average person. And we're not the everyday average person. We are the UFO community. We are the forward thinkers. We are the ones that are not afraid to step outside the box. Think about your experiences. Think about your origin stories. Those don't happen to everybody. I think there are more abductees out there than we know because of false memories, because of people misremembering things or things putting, being put into their mind to make them not remember maybe the experience. I'm just tired of waiting, right? I'm tired of waiting. I think Lou's doing an amazing job and that what I just said had nothing to do really with, with Lou and what he's doing. I think it's important still for the government. Disclosure is important, you know, for the rest of the world. Disclosure is important for the human race. Disclosure is important, but you and I, let's be honest. What do you believe in your gut? You know, what do you truly believe about this topic? Are you spending all this time looking into this? Are you doing all this, but you don't believe? You don't see what's going on? I mean, come on, guys. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100 all the time. It's very important. Like, I don't need to prove it to a judge. I personally don't, right? I need to keep searching and keep looking. And so do you. And we need to keep fighting for disclosure and helping Lou in any way we can because he is a hero in this field. But I want to be that person that will always be open to hearing anyone's story, anybody's experience, right? Because I feel like there may be that one average Joe that has the answers we're looking for or has a piece of the puzzle that we're looking for 
that's just afraid to talk about it, that thinks that nobody will listen to them, that feels ashamed about what happened, or maybe they just feel like they're insane, right? I'm saying we need to find a way to be open about this. All right, guys, so more origin stories. I want to hear the rest of your origin stories, man. Um, again, guys, going back to what I was just saying, I am trying to think of ways to help the community, right? I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking of stuff to do. I'm working on some stuff. I'm thinking. But I think we need to take the topic into our hands at times as well, right? We can help, you know, we can help get disclosure on a government level. We can help the topic be pushed out throughout the media. But we need to understand, too, that we have a lot of power at the same time because we are the ones that in the future, they're going to look at us and go, oh, you know about this, this very real topic that I know nothing about. You are a professional in this. <laughs> uh, it's, cra it's crazy to think about. As always, guys, I have a dry throat. But now that I, when I upload the podcast, like for those of you listening to this as a podcast, you might not hear the coughs. Um because I'm going to cut that out <laughs> for sure. Bormer says, guess I don't need anyone to tell me it's real. I just want the rest of the world to wake up. Exactly. I mean, that's why disclosure is so important, in my opinion. That's why what Luis Elizondo, TTSA did, what he's still doing, what everyone is doing is important, right? But the only reason why I spend so much time doing this and looking into this is because I don't need anyone to tell me that this subject is real. It would be a complete, you know, I would be delusional if I was doing this and I didn't believe this. Look at all the cases. I mean, look at all the data that's out there. I understand there's not, uh, I don't have a crash saucer sitting in my living room. But what can I say, guys? What's up, Julie? How are you? The signal says the public conversation is important, but we're all on our own personal journeys of discovery with the phenomenon too. It interacts with consciousness and that means us. Exactly. Very, very true, man. And that's what I'm trying to say that I think that the relationship the phenomenon has with us is much more important than people are realizing. You know, for some reason, they continue to interact with us. I've said it a bunch of times, if they were so advanced, you know, why would they need to continue to study us, right? Why would they have to continue to study us for so many years? You would think they've already figured out everything they needed to figure out about us. But it continues, it continues. It never stops. It's like, it doesn't make sense, really, if you think about it. Um, I also think we often approach this topic through a human lens, when we talk about their intelligence and we talk about ET intelligence, um, we're comparing it sort of to what we consider human intelligence to be. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've seen some aspects in cases where these, the beings don't look that intelligent. Like the, what they do doesn't seem that intelligent. They're kind of clunky. Uh, you know, I've heard some... Uh, some cases where they just don't seem to be that smart. You know, they are 
they are telepathic, right? That seems to pop up all the time, but it just seems a little weird, right? It seems like I brought this up on, on uh, UFOs on the level the other day. I was saying, isn't it interesting that we see similar types of craft throughout history? Wouldn't you expect them to have evolved the shapes of their craft by now? Like upgraded. For example, you have the the uh, the Lonnie Zamora case, right? The Tic Tac, the pill-shaped saucer, or the pill-shaped craft, not saucer. And then you have the Tic Tac. And I feel like those are two very similar shapes. Then you have the flying saucer legacy, right? Triangle-shaped craft. You have, there are many different shapes of craft, but I'm just saying that the main craft that we often hear about are all the same shapes. And I was saying, look at all the different kinds of vehicles we've created. Um, different kinds of jets and planes. It just seems like kind of interesting. Oh, my dog is really snoring. <laughs> can you guys hear? Wait, look. I'm going to be quiet for a second. Let's see if you guys can hear. Uh, Space Monkey says, I find people measure intelligence on how people communicate in their native language, if that makes sense. I understand what you're saying, Space Monkey. Um, but really what I was trying to say is, I think a big flaw in how we approach this topic is viewing it from a human lens, right? Um, yes, maybe their technology is more advanced than ours, but maybe in the grand scope of things, right? In the grand scope of things, maybe there are other planets or other dimensions with beings that have technology way more advanced than theirs that aren't even wasting their time on visiting us or doing these kinds of experiments to us. But these beings that we see come up often like come up often are somehow limited in their technology right just like we are limited in our technology they must have some sort of limit to their technology which is why we see the saucer that people uh the same flight characteristics the saucer has the falling leaf motion when it's landing right um you have the the uh 90 degree angle takeoff you have some weird aspects of saucers that just seem not very uh, technologically advanced. Like back in the day, you'd see tripod legs coming out of the bottom of the saucer. That has come up a lot throughout different cases. And you would think that if they had a craft that could do all the things they can do with the craft, right? It would just kind of hover. Like why would they need to bring tripod legs out of the bottom of the craft? Uh, there's just certain things, certain aspects of it that at a time I sit back. Sometimes I sit back and I go like, why would that, why would they need that? Like, why, what's the point of that? You know? Um, all right, guys, I want to hear more origin stories. Let's go. Let's keep talking about origin stories. Let's check out the live chat. Hi, Strangeness. What's up, man? Hi, Strangeness says, I finally found UFO Twitter. <laughs> the signal says, so we think they should be upgraded because time has passed to us, but to them, time may be stood still. It's odd to think about. Oh, that's true, Signal. Very true. Very true. Yeah, I mean, these are the things that we need to talk about. See, like I said, my thoughts, sometimes these are just thought experiments that I'm throwing out there, right? Um, I'm not literally like 
saying this is 100% the truth, right? I want you guys to brainstorm with me. Give me your thoughts. You know, let me know what you think. Share your theories with me. It's important. You know, bouncing ideas off each other. That's what we have to do. You know, the other day I saw Akam shared something. For those of you that don't know who Akam is, he's somebody on UFO Twitter that's, you know, he's always sharing good articles and good stories on there. Uh, he shared a sort of a little excerpt from Lou's, one of Lou's interviews. And I felt like what he said about the UFO Twitter community was really cool and really interesting. And there was a part of it. I'm trying to find it right now. Give me a second, guys. There was a part of it that was kind of, it stood out to me. So I want to see if I can find it and share it with you guys. I'll just read it. Give me a sec. Of course, when you're live streaming and then you jump on Twitter, everything starts to run a little slower. Guys, do me a favor too. Share this on Twitter. You know, tweet it out. Let's see if we can get more people in here. The more people in here, the better. The bigger this community grows, all the communities on here grow. Uh, talking about communities, the signal, he's here. Make sure to go check out his Redbubble shop. He does some great artwork, great pieces. Definitely check out his Redbubble shop. And Shadows of Your Mind, make sure to check out his online magazine, one of the best magazines on this topic that I've read. And he puts a lot of work into that. I don't know how he does it alone. I don't know how you do that alone, man. But make sure to go check that out. And if anyone has a channel on here, like Alien Girl that I saw her earlier in the chat and I forgot to say what's up, you know, share the link to your channel. Feel free in the live chat. I don't mind. Uh, subreddit or anything. Share the link to the subreddit. The more the merrier. You know, we all need to start working together and communicating because it is strength in numbers, guys. Uh, and that's the only way we can weed out the, you know, get rid of the, the worms and the, <laughs> I don't know if the worms is the right word to use, but there are some people floating around online as always trolls, but there are some people that are not just trolls. They create multiple accounts. They attack people. They spread, you know, false information. There are some very tricky and dangerous people out there, groups of people that we should try and weed out if we can. But let me read a little excerpt that Ackham shared that Lou said on one of these, one of his last interviews. He says, I cannot overemphasize the importance of UFO Twitter and the grassroots effort to expand the conversation. Let's not forget that any and all major change in the world begins as grassroots efforts. In fact, the birth of my, my country began as a grassroots effort that became a nation. Although I rarely offer my opinion, I will make an exception in this case. I think UFO Twitter may be one of the only reasons we have made it this far in the discussion in the last three years. Do you guys hear what he said? UFO Twitter transcends all boundaries, including economic, racial, political, geographic, etc. It's one of the only global platforms where everyone has a voice and can be heard. It allows for peer review and scrutiny. It allows for thoughtful debate and allows a place for people to express their concerns, questions, hopes, and fears regarding this topic. You may be surprised of the types of individuals who are on UFO Twitter. This is interesting. This is He said this a few times in the last few interviews, and this part really stood out to me. 
this part really stood out to me. He says, I can say as a fact that some very senior government individuals use this forum to check the pulse of the topic and remain informed. It's the only place that I know that exists where anyone with a good idea or theory can have their moment to speak to the proverbial jury. In short, I think we owe much of our current success to UFO Twitter, and yes, that includes even the naysayers. I also think UFO Twitter will continue to grow and help inform and influence the, the discussion. Listen to that. I mean, I know it's a mouthful, right? And he touched on a lot of stuff, but you know, one part that really stood out to me, and he's repeated it in a few interviews, he says, I can say as a fact that there are some very senior government individuals that use this forum to check the pulse of this topic and remain informed. And he, when he brought it up in some of the other, other interviews, he said, like, they create fake, you know, Twitter handles and they're on there just as part of UFO Twitter. That's fascinating and crazy to think about. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Like, who is on? who, who are the senior government officials that we're interacting with? Um, and I'm sure if there are senior government officials that are maybe friends with Lou that are on there trying to check the pulse or whatever, like you said, there are probably senior government officials that are completely against what we're doing that are on there. I mean, that would make perfect sense. I don't know. I don't want to start a conspiracy. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? But, uh, something to think about. Let me see. Uh, let's check out the live chat real quick. Hi, strangers. I'm trying to keep up with, with your messages, man. I'm trying to see what you guys were talking about there. I think he's talking about Greer. He says, I got to set ground rules. Greer-style profiteering will not be abided. Making money is all right, but that guy goes too far. Sorry if that upsets anyone. I am skeptical of snake oil salesmen. Nice to meet you, my fellow galactic travelers. It has begun. Buckle up. You know, we talk about Greer too much here. I think I brought him up on the last two lives, and I, I've made it pretty clear that I also am not a fan of snake oil salesmen, and I think there's nothing wrong with, you know, making money off of what you love to do. You know, uh, like I would hate it if I, I don't know, made a film or uh, a, I got a show on Netflix or something crazy like that, right? And then people were like, oh, he's just trying to make money off the topic. I mean, I would do my best. I promise. I promise here now that if I ever make a film, it's going to be following the cases. It's going to be it's going to be using data that we know exists. I want people to get the real story, even if it's a fictional film. Even if I make a show for Netflix, it's going to use the concepts and the aspects of this phenomenon that are real to influence people to make them more comfortable about looking into the topic. If I ever write a book or anything, I promise to do that because that is so important. People don't see how important it is. That's why I respect, you know, what Tom DeLonge did and what he does with uh, TTSA. And I think he had a point, right? Like media does influence people. You know, it's called television programming for a reason. <laughs> um, but we need to have the right kind of programming. We need to wake people up. Let's see, Shadows of Your Mind said, um, UFO Twitter has, a, has come a long way in the last three years. 
since the dark days of blue chickens and Nazca mummies. <laughs> oh, man. The signal says, totally agree. Do what you want, but be honest about it. It's telling people it's not it's non-profit and then taking a profit. Definitely. Definitely. And you know what sucks now is that if I ever want to make a non-profit, like a real non-profit and not, uh, not take any profit, because that's what a non-profit is, everyone's going to be like, oh, wait a minute, because of, because of that. <laughs> um, and I just don't, at this point, I really don't buy Greer's stance that this is like a false flag and like, I think that the, it's obvious the phenomenon is interacting with us and there are physical beings and there are negative aspects and positive aspects and it would be illogical to think that it's not a possible threat, right? Just because it's a possible threat, I've said this before, those of you that are afraid of threats, it's because you've never experienced a threat in your life. Sometimes people live with threats throughout their whole life and nothing happens. You know what I mean? That's I've been around threatening people. That never touched a hair on my head, but they were threatening people. And it would be worse if I didn't know they were threatening people. If I ignored the fact that they were a possible threat. Understanding that something is a possible possible threat lets you approach it in the right manner. Let's just leave it at that. Thomas Fessler says, Operation Mockingbird, we need the right message on aliens and UFOs. Operation Mockingbird. I got to look into that, Thomas. Uh, Darkstar says, yeah, I'm there too. Greer is a interesting character, and I'm sure he knows some stuff. And sure, makes some money, but charging people for C5 while paying pilots to drop flares put me off. I'm not saying the guy hasn't done his part, right? He has done things in the past. If you, I used to look, at, uh, look up to Stephen Greer when I was younger. You know what I mean? I appreciated what he did. And I still think of that. You know, I still have that image in my head. That's why I don't really have a bias when it comes to Greer. I don't like that aspect of charging people for making contact, right? In any way, basically. Space Monkey says, playing devil's advocate, but it seems difficult to focus all of your energy on the phenomenon and not try to find a way to pay the bills. I get what you're saying. But I think there's creative ways to benefit the community and benefit people and really inspire the future, the young minds that are going to step in here and have to fill our shoes in the future, inspire them to want to look into this phenomenon, to not be afraid. If we're all selling snake oil or we're all, uh, you know, caught up in our egos then we're going to push all these people off and we're going to end up in the same place we were before we had these online communities, right? Before we had this open platform like we have right now to talk. We're going to end up back in the basement, you know what I mean? And we don't want to be there. That's not what ufology or UFO research, I don't like the word ufology really. I use it at times because it's just like stuck in, you know, it's stuck in my system. But UFO research is about... Being a UFO researcher is badass. Looking into these topics and thinking outside of the box is badass. There's nothing to be, um, there's nothing to feel weird about. I think the rest of the world, the people that don't think outside the box, the people that don't question things, 
Those are the weird people. Those are the people that should be in the basement. Because the rest of us, we're out seeing reality for what it is. So, yeah. There's a way to make money off of doing what you love to do. If I could do this 24-7 and I didn't have to have a day job, I would love to do that. I mean, and I would go all in 100%. I would just 24-7 be doing this, creating content, you know, trying to create projects and just doing my best to do something positive for this community and search for the truth. You know, I'd love to travel around with my camera and go to Nazca, Peru, you know, meet some indigenous tribes and maybe try some stuff to see if we can make contact, different ways of contact, you know, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for some of us. Darkstar IE says, 100%, there's no place for ego in this discussion. If we want to move forward, leave the ego out the door. Have respectful discussion and don't just listen, hear each other. Exactly, Darkstar. Perfect. On point. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Oh, Shadows of Your Mind left. Like I said, guys, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure to check out Shadows of Your Mind uh, online magazine. And... It's super cool. He does a great job. It talks about the UFO phenomenon. Make sure to check it out. It's amazing. Space Monkey says, agreed. Shared knowledge and tools. Yes, 100%. There's nothing wrong. Like I said, guys, write a book. Make some art. Make some music. Do whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's people put work into that. You know, the real issue is profiting off of something that should be free, right? Like the truth is free. If I sit down and talk to you, if I sit down and tell you, hey, I know how you can make contact with an extraterrestrial being right now. And you go, really, how? And I go, you gotta pay me five bucks before, <laughs> before I tell you. You shouldn't trust me right away. The signal says almost 1 a.m. here. No wonder shadows went to bed. I didn't realize time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> Thank you guys, man. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening right now. Um, it is so important to me, and I don't think other people realize how important this is that we're here having these talks. Hi, Stranger says, uh, I think he's talking to, he says, hit me up on Twitter so we don't lose contact. We need to start a group chat in Telegram or something. I agree, guys. Communicate. You know, find friends here in this community. It's definitely what it's for. Darkstar says, "Lo, yep, 1 a.m. here too. It's crazy to think that we are communicating right now and we are all in separate parts of the planet and we're talking about this, this subject. The UFO phenomenon is a global subject. You know, I've said that before on Twitter and I've tried to say it in videos and I've tried to remind people that this topic isn't just about the United States. This topic isn't just about the main players, you know, on the map. This is about every, every part of this planet, our whole entire species. And I love to see us really like melding and shooting ideas off of each other and thoughts and theories. And we're all in different parts of the planet. And we all, I mean, it's proof that this thing is affecting everyone, you know. Um, T-Hawk says, have you thought about getting a sponsor? Uh, I don't have a sponsor. No. And I don't know how you would get a sponsor. <laughs> I have to see. I do have a Patreon and I have some Patreons on there that are being, I think Dan or Space Monkey, Space Monkey, I think you're a Patreon from your, uh, 
from your icon there, I think you are a Patreon. And I know Angel Martos was here, and you know a lot of people are supporting me there, and it's helping, definitely. Uh, it's it's a few, but like any any support I get, really, even you guys being here tonight and the thumbs up and everything, it's motivation for me. And people that support me on Patreon, that's gonna go to like upgrading the camera, upgrading the lens, changing this mic, or getting a a mic stand <laughs> or something, and uh, hopefully. Maybe if the Patreon gets big enough, I can use that money for film projects or for, um, yeah, for film projects or any sort of project that I want to do, uh, because I think that might be the way to go. You know, like if you guys are interested in seeing me do that kind of stuff, I think that's that's a good spot to to chip in. But again, like I said, really the most important thing to me is that you guys are here, you guys are having conversations in the live chat. We get to do this often, and we continue to have this fluid interaction because it's important, and it's, we need this. You know, I hate seeing UFO panels with people yelling over each other or people being snarky or uh, or tweets and, like, tweets with negative connotations to people and people fighting online or just, like we were talking about earlier, the ego gets so much in the way in this topic, and it's just... It's making us lose pace and we need to keep up because we are headed, you know, towards the finish line. Like Lou Elizondo said, second gear. Second gear, it's it's real. You know, this idea that I feel it. I felt it. You know, I felt it when I saw the gimbal and the go fast and the FLIR video. For me, that was like full throttle. You know, I had been sitting back waiting and searching and searching and searching. You guys know how many UFO videos, how many horrible, shaky uh, UFO videos I watched in my lifetime? I mean, when YouTube first started, I don't remember how long ago that was. 11 years ago? One of you guys probably knows. Um, when it first started, I would go on there and search for UFO videos every day. Every single day. I actually got to the point where I would search by date, right? I'd try to include the date or I'd include date country. And I would just go one day by day by day by day by day until finally I got tired of it. I was like, how many of these do you need to watch, man? And then I dig through a bunch of cases. I read a bunch of books when I was younger. And here I am <laughs> with you guys in the live chat. But I'm just saying... uh the human experience is very important. And when I saw the, the gimbal and the GoFast and the FLIR video, it was finally like, okay, here we go. So you weren't just wasting your time. That all had a purpose. You know, like it wasn't just a waste of time. There was a reason why you were doing that. And here it is. So full throttle. <laughs> Let's go. The Zignal's got to go, man. Thank you for being here tonight, Zignal. Speculative future. What's up, man? Terrence Jones says, The aliens among us get upset when you talk about them as if they are real. They look just like us and will steer you away from their reality by calling you nuts or conspiracy theorists. Well, a lot of people believe in the humanoid aliens. And if there are humanoid aliens... It would be completely illogical 
for us to think that they wouldn't be just walking amongst us. It wouldn't make sense. But, uh, yeah. Hi, Stranger said, how about we start our own partnership and do multi-host podcasts about the phenomenon? That sounds pretty cool, man. Anytime you guys want to do anything with me, any kind of project or anything, shoot me a, a DM on Twitter. Like I said, guys, I am always open for anything. I'm going to start inviting people on to the lives. I want to have people as guests on the podcast. Um, so, yeah. So, if you guys are open to be a guest as well, shoot me a DM. We'll talk about it. I'd be more than happy to have some people on here. Uh, T-Hawk said, sponsored links for night vision goggles and stuff. <laughs> that might be kind of cool. T-Hawk says, you could sell tinfoil hats. <laughs> I did, uh, I created some shirts and I'm going to be dropping a different like piece every month. So I'm, I draw and I'm going to create graphics basically with my style of of drawing that I use. I'm drawing my whole life. I've always been into art and I have a red bubble shop. I just kind of launched it the other day and my spooky soup, a Twitter user, she got the first shirt. So it's somewhere in Canada and, uh, yeah. All right, guys. So we have had a great conversation tonight. We've been going for about an hour and something, right? Let's see. An hour and 20 minutes. As always, man, you guys rock. Thank you guys for being here tonight. I hope that this conversation was interesting for you guys and for those of you listening as well. Um, again, this happens every Wednesday. I'd love to see you guys here every Wednesday. You know, I'm always happy to see you guys. If you know anybody that'd be interested in checking out my channel or being here in the live chats, share this with them. If you haven't hit that thumbs up button, please do that. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. <laughs> Have a good night. We will talk soon. And I'm going to be working on a video this weekend. I'm not going to make any promises, but I promise. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to make any promises, but I promise. Um, I will be trying to do something this weekend. So keep an eye out but if not we'll see each other next wednesday uh you guys rock thank you guys for being here i hope you have a wonderful weekend and uh we will talk soon guys